You're listening to the Big Finish podcast launched on the 22nd of September in the space year 2019. God, that's a lot of space years, isn't it? It's a lot. Here we are. Home sweet home. Really? Is there a light? I thought you lived in Greenwich. Coming up in this podcast, we plug, plug, plug the Doctor Who short trip Dead Media, starring Jacob Dudman as the 12th Doctor. We delve into your emails sent to podcast at bigfinish.com. We go behind the scenes to discuss what makes a hero in Doctor Who, The Companion Chronicles, The First Doctor, Volume 3. And we give you a 25% discount off a randomly selected Big Finish release. And we dramatise you with Yanto Jones in Torchwood 1, Latter Days. Welcome, one and all, to a podcast dedicated to the wondrous world of audiobooks and audio drama produced, yes, just in case you didn't know, by Big Finish Productions. Ooh, Doctor Who, Torchwood, Blake 7, The Prisoner, Space 1999, The Avengers, we've got it all. There go the Avengers. Goodbye. And it's all rather lovely. Uh, I'm Nick Briggs and he's Benji Clifford, aren't you? Well, uh, uh, last time I looked in the mirror, I, I certainly was. But um, Did you get a fright? I did. I oh, Blimey. You do get to that stage, don't you, sometimes, where you wake up and you think, oh, <laughs> it's you. <laughs> <laughs> Not me again. Oh, I need to face. regenerate. I do. What's I'd that like t-shirt that. you're wearing? Can I ask? Uh, is it uh, not it's rude, Calvin is it? Klein. <laughs> Calvin Klein. Look at you. Is that stylish now or is that old hat? I don't really know. It's, it's sort of it's one of those... T-shirt. It's one of those things... It's never... It's not necessarily stylish, but it's not. It's certainly not old hat. It just exists and is, is good quality. I'm, I'm all about the quality of clothes, you see. It's all Are about... you? Yeah, I, like, I think if it's, got a good, if it's got a good name, a good brand, and the build quality of the shirt is nice, then, then you're on to a winner. But if you're... You know, I mean, I ordered something the other day. Uh, to be fair, it was quite an obscure T-shirt. Um, from a, it was a 90s design. Came from China. Arrived, mm. right? You could actually see the, pre- the, the square where they had printed the shirt. I thought, last time I buy anything that is, that is a non-brand, because... Uh, it's trouble, yeah, trouble. I'm traumatised by that story. <laughs> it's pretty, It's one of those ones, it's like, right, well, that, that shirt's going to be one one for the end of the day when I don't have yeah. to look presentable. Yes, like today. Oh, no, but you're wearing a good one <laughs> like today. Every day. I bought a, a flowery shirt uh, relatively recently, and it said on the website that it was cotton. There's no way it was cotton. When it turned out, it was so synthetic. I was, but then... You know, polyester and cotton. There was no cotton in there. It hadn't even been shown cotton. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, another thing about you is that you're the composer of the music for Space 1999. Certainly am. Yeah, what a job! What a wonderful job to 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 work on something like that. Well, the theme music's been getting a lot of love, in particular, well, all the music. But uh, well done on doing that theme tune, mate. I'm. So, I, do you know one of the things about that? I'm so relieved because um, it was such a. It's one of those things. That if it was bad, it mm. could have been really bad and turned a lot of people <laughs> off. Because it's it's one of those theme tunes. You know, it's it's an iconic theme tune from from a very iconic television show, and so to do it right or to do it wrong. Uh, it's like, you know, yeah, a bit it could of a, have gone ooh, either way. 
<laughs> but uh, how annoying was I on a scale of one to ten at giving you notes about it? You weren't really. You you weren't. I mean, there were a couple of bits. <laughs> I of thought yeah, I was. like 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 adding that little sound effect here, you know. But but to be honest, I think the good thing about you and me, Nick, is we're both on the same page about a lot of things, and and we yeah. both have the same um, appreciation for how things should be in a retro context and so it didn't really annoy it didn't annoy me because I just agreed I was like yeah okay cool sometimes it's good to just have somebody else be like add that in and you're like well you're blimey you know why didn't I think of that yeah well okay Uh, my proudest moment is that there are three notes in there played by me yeah (laughs) it was it was uh the, the goal with Bless it. Bless you for letting that in. Oh, it's, it sounded great. I think the goal with it, right from the word go, is to, to produce something which um, is very, very close to the original. So that when somebody uh, listens to it, they listen to it and they think, that's the that's the theme that I know and love and I've always loved. Which is why it's got the sort of 70s funky wah-wah mm. stuff going mm. on there. But then the other thing was just updated, just a little bit, to... Um, to make it sound a bit more contemporary so there's yes. a few more synthy stuff in there and whizzing and a, and a drum beat there's a kind of in the background and just do little things that, that add a little bit of colour to it so that people know that they're listening to essentially what this is a kind of a, it's a reboot essentially mm. it's a, a new interpretation of it and so the theme should match that which I'm just so glad that people like it and that the orchestra sounded okay because it yeah, isn't it real <laughs> but it sounds great I told you that the, an engineer I know who does engineering for real orchestras thought that it was he said my god that sounds real um, but there are two things about it uh, that because the original is all squashed into a mono file sort of thing well not really a mono file but you know it it is a lot noisier for some reason whereas in with modern techniques things are separated out more aren't they and clearer so you you kind of had to add more into it to give it that fuller sound and the other thing is the original theme had the visuals to help it didn't it definitely all that I- stuff kicking off whereas y- your music had to kind of tell the audience there's stuff kicking off without them being able to see it which is why you know we talked about putting all that and synthesizer stuff in it which just gave it that extra sort of whoosh it was i remember when we were um when we were talking because i when i actually got round to composing it um it was a case of as i do with a lot of things i, I just used my ears i copied things from my ears i interpreted the notes through listening to it and we, there were a, a couple of times um where it was a case of because of the original theme and the way it, it was kind of as you used the word like mono you know mono it's squashed and it, the quality isn't superb like we've got now it was actually quite hard to pick out certain notes because it's so buried under a, a bed of sound and I think that's one of, like mm. you say, one of the beauties and something that we use anyway in Big Finish in sound design is you, you really have to make use of the stereo field. It yes. adds, that's, that is what a room is defined by the space and the size of that room and so for something like a scene you want to use that and it's the same with the music bringing things out and spacing it out and then as you say it's filling in the gaps in between the cement and that's why mastering things is so important because you can just slightly it adds the uh, like for this for example I've got a tape there's a tape simulator um, over the top of it 
and, and so it's so it subtle. So how it would sound on tape. Yeah, and it's and it's so subtle that what it does is it adds it acts as a kind of glue. It just it it makes something that sounds quite cold and digital, and it just makes it a little bit warmer. And it's like putting mm. on a pair of socks. You know, you nice. Don't, a warm you, pair of socks. A warm pair of socks. You know, you, when you first put them on, you notice them, but then after a while, you go all day and you think, oh, do you know I was wearing socks? Until you take your shoes off, which yeah, you do because you you see them. That was the socks podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and just back to my minor con- contribution, that the bit in the theme that had always irritated me is where in the middle it goes da da da. And that it seems like that's it now. And it, I just thought it didn't have any. It didn't have any momentum. So I said, I just wanted on those notes. I wanted it to have a spacey thing that, you know. And I think I hopefully um, it's not too weird. But well, my, my favourite thing about that is that the note is is great because it's got a lovely long long verb on it. And so um, the best thing is is that as as it goes at the end, it drifts perfectly into the same note. For the um, for the high exactly. strings, but it actually is anticipating that note, isn't it? It's yeah. really lovely. Yeah. It's kind of it's like oh, we're here. It's really good. It's really and it and it stands out a bit. You go oh oh, this is different. It's like one of the big first moments where you go oh, this is a little bit out of my comfort zone. Okay. Well, hopefully no one's rejecting that bit of it. Yeah. That's the one bit I don't like. Rub it out and start. <laughs> no, the, the main Rub thing it. is, it's just nice to see people enthused about it because it was, it was just some. It was something that I was very conscious of the fact that it could really, it could just destroy the CD. <laughs> like, yes. like when I said when I sent you this, first, I said, "Oh, let's just put this on instead." And it was oh like some gosh. MIDI. Like, like MIDI version from about 1999 like four instruments oh dreadful dreadful sip me tea there Um, but of course the other thing is that we've been getting a lot of great feedback from so many people some great reviews lovely and they are on the website now if you want to take a look at them folks talking of reviews just time for us to dip into some (laughs) dip in dip in dip in uh, to, to some reviews for Doctor Who, Time War 3. This war is starving civilizations out of existence. I am going to find out who is doing this, and I will make certain they don't get to do it again. The Time War? But that's impossible. I I thought the Time War had finished. Did you not hear me? The Daleks are now threatening the multiverse. I'm not a Dalek. Do I look like a Dalek? Gallifrey, I'm sure that's... Time Lords, the Time Lords are from Gallifrey. That's worse. The Daleks vanished everywhere. No one else even seems to remember they existed. What you are doing, it isn't kindness. It is genocide. Alternative timelines. Different histories. It's all just theory, but to actually be able to see them... The ship's been destroyed. What do we do? Big finish. We love stories. I am known as the Valyard. Now, it is almost time for your final destruction. And SciFiPulse.net says Doctor Who Time War 3 is a marvellous continuation of this range. I won't spend a great deal of time on the plots of the stories by John Dorney, Lisa McMullen, Roland Moore and Matt Fitton for two reasons. First, the Time War tropes are firmly established. Second, the writers use those tropes to create room for wonderful character beats and performance flourishes that I don't want to spoil. This storytelling is truly what Big Finish is for. 
TheDigitalFix.com says, Time War Volume 3 is the strongest of the three McGann sets yet. It offers some strong development for the companion Bliss, sheds new light on how we see the Valyard, and offers plenty of moral dilemma for the Doctor to face off against. The devastating events of the Time War are thrilling and emotionally wrought, with all four tales offering a unique perspective of this devastating conflict and setting up a bold cliffhanger for Volume 4. 9 out of 10. Gosh, I mean, imagine having four tails. I mean, it'd be bad enough having one tail, but four tails, that'd be really uncomfortable to sit down, wouldn't Knock it? Knock all the vases off the corners <laughs> and, you know... It's, <laughs> It's all kind of disaster. It's like what cats manage to do on their own with their one tail. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine if you had a cat with four tails. Okay. <sighs> Imagine that, listeners. Anyway, on Twitter, at Arbrax says, At Big Finish hits another nail on the head with Doctor Who The Time War 3. Every story had something to bring and it gripped me from the beginning to end. Oh, oh. Exactly. 10 out of 10, zero faults. Oh, and more at Anjali Mahindra in future. Thank you. I always say that when I see and hear Anjali. She's fabulous and such a lovely human being as well. Also on Twitter, Lynn's Honeyman. I'm going to say Honeyman. It could be Lynn's Honeyman, um, but Lynn's Honeyman. Cyberman. Um, it's a lovely thing to Cyberman. Batman. Ruberman. Um, it's a lovely thing. Honeyman. Uh, it's quite Batman. fun to say. Uh, absolutely loved Time War 3 amazing and nuanced performance by Raki Thakra big finishes big finishes Frank Sinatra if the behind the scenes disc is anything to go by Paul (laughs) McGann brilliant as ever uh, as is the writing and production hashtag Doctor Who Ah, there you go and by the way if you want to order it just go to uh, the the bigfinish.com website and and type in Time War 3 Volume 3 or go to the 8th Doctor range it's it's really easy to find absolutely grab that one it's well worth it well worth your time more more reviews more 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 reviews in next week's podcast Right then, time for this week's blatant plug, and it's for Doctor Who Short Trips uh, Dead Media by John Richards, starring Jacob Dudman as the Twelfth Doctor. Hello, listener. I'm the Doctor. Welcome to this week's edition of People of St. Luke's. Is it lonely when it's just you acting? It's so lonely. (laughs) You know, the last one I did with... Uh, the last big finish I did was with John Barrowman, and and to be honest, I I don't ever want to do another one alone. So after you're that say, experience, I don't ever want to work with him again. <laughs> I, that's what you I was going to I was going to say I never want to do one ever again that isn't with John Barrowman. But then um, that would be impossible. No, no, exactly. I want to still be employed. Um, <laughs> but uh, it, no, it. it it isn't lonely because we have the lovely Alfie and and Wilfredo He's and, and yeah 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 doing the engineering yeah, yeah they're waving to us yeah, that. Yeah, it works look very at well that. on audio oh no um, but uh, but and also you Nick so oh thanks I haven't felt lonely oh, have you felt good. lonely no no I just worry you know because it's sort of all on you isn't it yeah yeah this episode is called the monster at the end of this podcast in tribute to the only children's picture book that became a major religion thirty pages of Peter Capaldi, and then Peter Capaldi doing what he claims to be at first a Welsh accent and then turns into something completely different because he can't do it. I'm Peter. I've come to some of your lectures. The one on metaphysical privilege was unexpected. Um, that was my favourite thing about it. I really, yeah, yeah, the fact, and then he goes, I'm from Port Talbot. <laughs> <laughs> 
it sounds like. Yeah, I don't know what it sounds nothing. like. I don't know what it sounds like. That's yes. um, oh, dead sorry, yes. media. Yeah, dead media. Uh, which is a lovely script, isn't it? And that's mm. very. you're very much on your own for that. You're not yes, even yeah. having me reading in, which is how we no, did yeah. the first one. Yeah. yeah. So we... Uh, but I, I quite enjoyed it, just having... For those who weren't here in the studio, um, I basically just read through the whole thing and then we went back and picked up the bits we weren't happy with or thought we could improve. Um, That's very much that was my quite method. free. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it, was, it was quite freeing because as well, it just meant that um, I got a real flow for the story, but also if I wasn't happy with how I said a line, I would just redo the line and then continue what I was doing. So I feel like we picked up some of the pickups on the way anyway. Totally. It's mm. to do with giving the performer a feeling of control. Right, okay. Oh, well, I certainly did. But now I know I was just merely a puppet. <laughs> <You're>... <laughs> no, but I think it's because I, that's how I'd prefer to work and almost yeah. nobody lets you work. Yeah, yeah. Let's one work like yes, that. Yes, yeah. What they want to do is every time you make a hiccup, they want to go, go straight go. on uh, the intercom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the trouble is, I mean, you're maybe not as sensitive as me, but the trouble <laughs> is when I hear someone picking a hole in what I've done, yeah, yeah. When I carry on, I think, are they going to do it again? Oh, I'm waiting again? for them to do it. Right, right. So I find that mm. if I leave myself without any interruptions, yeah. I can yeah. just carry on forever. And you start to think you're invincible. Yeah. I've still got my oh, finger I'm on doing the talk this. I, the I'm imaginary doing talk back. Exactly, yeah. I'll just <laughs> Yeah. And, and then later on, they come back with 18 problems then, yeah, yeah, yeah. per page. Per, per page, know? yeah, per line. Petra told me she was studying quantum physics. They teach that in universities here. It's adorable. Now, you've, your career is, is rocketing, isn't it? You've had some great opportunities come your way. Yeah, How are you I've feeling had... about all that? Well, it's, it's uh, pros and cons, really, because uh, on the one hand, I've been an employed actor for uh, coming up to 18 months, but on the, on the downside, I haven't been able to do Big Finish. So, and that is a genuine downside, because I, I, do love, um, I do love coming in and doing Big Finish, and particularly Doctor Who stuff playing Doctor Who. Um, but yeah, it's been fun. So I did uh, I did two series last year and then I'm, I'm coming back and forth from London to Manchester doing another one. What are your ambitions generally? What are my ambitions? I kind of just want to be happy, you know. Um, I know that's such a... Uh, oh, oh, there you go. Oh, yeah. I mean... I, I do just want to be happy. I, I feel like if I start attaching... Because my killer question is... The, the, my kryptonite question is, what's, your, what's the dream role for you? Because honestly, I don't think I'd know it until it slapped me in the face. Um, but having said that, <laughs> you know, obviously, when, if, if, uh, if Chibnall turned around and said, oh, we want you to be the, the next Doctor Who, or someone said, um, you know we're auditioning for Bond or something, then obviously you go, oh, well, that sounds pretty cool. But um, I think I'd, I'd just like to be happy. I'd like to continue to do the work that I enjoy. And I think I'd like to enjoy my life because of the work that I'm doing, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really wise. And, you know, not to uh, sound patronising, mm. but you're quite young. Yeah. And I think it's incredible for you to have that wisdom at your oh, age. Oh, great. Because it took me until about five years ago to work that out right. for myself. <laughs> you know, just to be happy but, is the main thing. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you're pursuing fame and fortune, someone said to me about someone else, and these two someones will mm. not be revealed in this right, conversation. Right, right. Tell me afterwards. Yeah, I will. <laughs> uh, the pursuit of fame and fortune is like trying to get 
invited to a party that doesn't actually exist. Yeah. yeah. And when you get there, yeah, it's like there's imagine, nothing happening. You get to the top of Hollywood Hills and go, "I made it." Now what? You have nowhere to go. Um, and I feel like, and, and I feel the same with a lot of social media stuff because, you know, I started out on YouTube and and uh, and did a little bit of what we now call social media influencing. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of that is. You know, it's driving to get more followers, more subscribers, more likes, more shares, more everything. And while, you know, that can be really good from a business point of view, I think it promotes this sort of narcissism and and, and sort of this idea that you always want more or you need more or you need to get to another place, your next destination. So, um, I mean, I'm obviously in a very privileged position to be a working actor, but I'm also just enjoying what I'm doing. But you did it to in, because you enjoyed it. Exactly. And I think it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm-hmm. I think because I'm happy where I am, then it, the rest comes because yeah. you're just in a, you know. Well, and also it showed you that, because I've spoken to quite a lot of people in my life who wanted to be actors mm. and then realised after doing a bit of it yeah. that they didn't actually like yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. They well, felt unsatisfied yeah. with it. But you realised you loved it and then pursued it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, yeah, because I was doing film production at university and I was doing acting lessons on the weekends just to try it out, but sort of mainly to see what acting was like as a director, but I thought I had to have an understanding of acting as a director and then just sort of finding out my love for it that way, as in just doing it and enjoying it, um, was how I knew I wanted to be an actor because if I'd wanted to be an actor... My my acting teacher, John Osborne Hughes, the first question he asks someone if they want to join his course is, why do you want to be an actor? Because if their answer is anything along the lines of, well, secretly or, you know, subconsciously or consciously, I want to be rich and famous, then he'll be like, on your bike. Yeah. Because uh, because you've got to... This is not a glamorous profession. It, it looks really glamorous, but it's not. and um, And so you've really got to enjoy it to do it. I think you've sort of got to be prepared to do anything as well. Yeah, Peter Capaldi's Welsh accent. Yeah, <laughs> trying to think of the weirdest thing I've had to do now. I produce a podcast for the university," said Petra, her shock of red hair moving muppet-like above the metal shelving. Well, we're very happy to have you on board, and we look forward to working with you a lot more well, in the future. Well, I am super happy to be on board, and it's nice to be back. And then the tear in reality exploded outward. Like a gas stove top blowing out. There was a bulge in the universe. And Dead Media will be out at the end of this month of September 2019. Uh, go to bigfinish.com and type Dead Media into the search engine and there you will find it. Listen to the trailer, read the credits, make the order. You will obey. Oh, anyway. I things were coming out your eyes then, Nick. <laughs> Yes, sorry about that. Um, Guess what now? It's listeners' emails. Well, anybody that's listened before will know, of course, that I love an email. Nick loves an email. All of us at Big Finish love an email. And if you want to email us, it's very simple. You just send them to podcast at bigfinish.com. That's podcast at, that's the squiggly A, bigfinish.com. And uh, your messages of whatever you want to say will appear in our little letterbox. So this first one here is from Nathan Gervais. Mm -hmm. Hello, merry podcasters. 
Ooh, what is the deal with the zipper-up arm on the Space 1999 costumes? <laughs> what is the functional purpose of having a zipper up the arm, or was it just an aesthetic design choice? This question has been bugging me for almost 45 years. <laughs> so could one of you ask Jamie for me? I would certainly yes. appreciate it. Yes. Uh, anyway, looking forward to more of the Space 1999 range. In a perfect world created by me, I would love for 1999 to go the Torchwood route with quarterly box sets that are big and slash or serialised in nature and a monthly single disc range that delves into the, more of the smaller stories and little scene characters slash situations. No matter what, my credit card awaits to party like it's... Yeah. All the best, Nathan Gervais from New Orleans, L.A. Well, goodness me. Um, <clears throat> I don't think we're going to do as, that, as many as that of Space 1999, but I agree with you. I would love to do that. The zippy thing. Zippy. I'm <laughs> sure there's an episode of the original where someone unzips it and takes it off. Um, but also some... Unzips it goes, design? why is the stupid zip here? I've had enough of this. I'm just going to wear a cardigan like anybody else. <laughs> criminy. Criminy, did you say? Criminy. Criminy. I've no Do idea what, what it means. means. It's just brilliant. Um, the designer of the costumes for Space 1999 was Rudy... G Do you know? Rudy... G G G Do you know? Just, just quickly, uh, criminy used as a mild oath or to express surprise. There we go. Oh, I've never heard of you it. You can use that one now. It comes criminy. from uh, the first use of it was 1681. Oh, criminy. There we go. Uh, what was your question? Sorry? My question was, who designed the costumes? The, uh, the guy who designed allegedly designed the costumes for Space 1999 was uh, the chap who designed the topless skirt or something Rudy something or other Rudy Gernreich that's it and because uh, uh, Jerry Anderson talks very interestingly about this in a little podcast thing that I did for the Jamie Anderson the Anderson media site um, and he uh, yeah he basically said it was a bit of star casting as it were uh, but he didn't really do anything but they wanted to get his name on the credits because he was highly thought of uh, but um Maybe the guy who made the topless dress. I, I think Jerry Anderson says, I don't know what skill there is involved in making a topless dress. Surely you just need a pair of shears or something to cut the top off, you know. <laughs> anyway. He's speaking the truth. He's, well, allegedly. Here's one from... Oh, a, a message just pinged in my ear, which I just deafened me. Sorry about that. Here's one from Dean Harrison. Dear Nick and Benji. It's a very long email. I'm, I'm going to have to read it all out, Dean. Thank you very much. I've never been so excited about a big finish release as I was about Space 1999. I'm already in, Dean. I'm going to read all this. As soon as it was announced, I pre-ordered it and listened to it on the day of release. I have no idea how you managed to keep it quiet for so long, but I'm glad you did. That's really the work of Steve Berry, our new head of marketing, who said, you've got to keep this secret, Nick. Stop blurting things out on the podcast, you <laughs> useless pillock he didn't actually say that but that was the subtext of what he was saying <laughs> so for a change i kept quiet uh, i don't think i could have stood a, w a longer wait well me too uh and benji me three space 1999 was one of those series that really captured my imagination in my younger years and apparently i was not the only one 
Uh, a few years ago, I was at the Brit Sci-Fi event at the National Space Centre looking longingly at the model of Moonbase Alpha when a certain Mr Briggs sidled up beside me and we oohed and aahed and reminisced together. Goodness, did that happen? <laughs> on breakaway day, as soon as I got the download converted and on my media player... Don't you use the app? Anyway, um, it was on. I wasn't sure what to expect. But what I heard exceeded expectation and with so many things to comment on. I thought it was very clever to have a Space 1999 show, similar to the old Apollo mission shows we used to have. And even better, that instead of a bit of also Sprach Zarathustra, we had Benji's wonderful new adaptation of the Series 1 theme. Also liked the way the show was used to fill in history and backstory, especially the hint of an earlier version of the Moonbase being for military use, giving a nice real-world tie into UFO Series 2 plans becoming Space 1999. Well, if you say so. I have to say that there was one reviewer who thought that um, my making their a TV show called Space 1999 in it was cheesy and, and not very good. And to that, I say, pah! Um, the, <laughs> the computer announcing each day starting seemed right out of the Hitchcock school of suspense. No point having a bomb under the table if you're not going to let the audience know how long before it explodes. That was exactly what I was thinking. Thank you. I feel vindicated. Of course, it was also gratifying to hear that the explosion itself was probably addressed as not being enough to de-orbit the moon, with the actual cause being much more plausible insofar as sci-fi ever can be. Uh, beautifully put Dean but folks will have to listen themselves to find out I also realised I'd missed a joke in the original release and it took until the audio version for me to spot it now I wasn't aware of this actually I looked at this earlier in the audio version you hear character names repeated more often than on TV it's true uh, it's uh, something that um um <laughs> oh who's the guy who invented Paul Temple um, and I've done loads of his plays. Durbridge, Francis Durbridge, thank you. I'm saying thank you to me, no one actually told me. Uh, thank you, myself. Thank you, David. <laughs> thank you to me. Uh, yeah, Francis Durbridge used to do it too much, though. Everyone's saying, so the thing is, Benji, yes, Nick, I know. But Benji, what I want to say is, well, Nick, one of the points, you know, it's because radio reception wasn't very good back in the day, and so you constantly had to make people mention other people's names so everyone knew who they were talking to anyway so, so i finally noticed we had a character called gorski i presume the name gorski was used as a nod to the urban myth of neil armstrong saying good luck mr gorski i didn't know that why did he say good luck mr gorski can you google good luck mr gorski please certainly can in your with your young fingers i thought the characters were well realized with carter and bergman sounding just like their former selves um, but with Koenig and Russell significantly strengthened, as I always thought those two were a little underdeveloped as leads in the original series. They now seem stronger and more capable to deal with the hugeness of the task ahead. My favourite line of the release going to Russell with the beautifully de delivered... Uh, not like that. I didn't deliver that very well at all. Oh, don't worry, Commissioner. It was all going wrong well before you took over. She has lots of nice lines, I thought, immodestly. Some of which we got very much criticised for. Have you found anything yet about just, Mr. I'm just going to double check this is the reason before I, I say okay. it. Okay, overall it's great to hear new life breathed into a series that had so much more potential. I hope as you move on with the story that you will explore the meta story a little more we do as it was dropped like a stone in the original series i know it's weird i'm even wondering if you are hinting the meta might be the source 
of the UFO from UFO. Some of the soundscape at the end sounded very evocative of the UFO sound effect. Well, that's interesting, isn't it? I'm looking forward to many more stories in this range, if only to find out how you portray the frequently seen bright white void in audio format. <laughs> Breakaway absolutely blew me away. Cheers, Dean Harrison. Thank you, Dean. That was epic, but I was so pleased to read it out because it was being nice about me. What any, more do you any... want? <laughs> Yes, we have got an update on uh, Mr. Gorski. So this is yes. from uh, BBC News Channel. I'll just mm-hmm. read it out. Uh, it's from a very old 2006. The website looks ancient. Oh, very old. Um, uh, so it says, As he ambled about the moon, Armstrong chatted uh, with his fellow astronaut, Buzz Aldrin, uh, and Mission Control. One theory has it, as he prepared to jump back into the uh, moon lander, he uttered the yeah. words, Good luck, Mr. Gorski. The story runs that it referred not to a Soviet uh, cosmonaut rival, but uh, a tale from Armstrong's childhood, that as a small child he overheard a neighbour's argument where one promised the other a favour when the kid next door walks on the moon. That's allegedly it, his neighbour with Mr Gorski. And if you want to know what that favour is, I suggest you Google it uh, for yourself, because it's far too rude to read out on the podcast. (laughs) Yes. Oops. Here's one from uh, Pete Adamson. Hi, Nick and Benji. Hope you're both enjoying your day. Uh, If you are, then you certainly won't be after hearing my complaint. Um, I was disgusted to see or hear um, that the last few podcasts you have not said the famous phrase stop don't move oh <laughs> god blimey which is odd because I say it quite a lot in real life um, that being a phrase of course from death to the Daleks and um, why is this um, it's the highlight of the podcast and of my week and my <laughs> Sunday evenings are simply uh, aren't the same without it please amend this at once uh, or there will be riots in the streets uh, I jest of course uh, keep up the good work with the audios lads and thanks Nick for signing my energy of the Daleks vinyl in Manchester oh. I'm sorry I was so nervous meeting you anyway oh. uh, enough rambling I'm going now just remember to back up um, <laughs> we'll never forget regards a Pete um, and of course yeah he's he attached a photo as well which I can't you see you haven't seen it's that in the email, email you see yeah. yes. of it's, course it's, uh, one Death to the Daleks fact we can say can't we Nick that um, the influence of Death to the Daleks has spread to the office because now yes. in the office at Big Finish we have a Death to the Daleks Dalek yeah in the corner of the meeting room yeah. which has got the gun as well which is an important <laughs> fact which is an important <laughs> fact but I think we're all, all Weapon moderately efficient. <laughs> oh, good, uh, good times, good times. Oh, yeah. So sorry about that. Stop, don't move. Stop, I don't love move. The groan, you know when Stop, the um, don't move. There when the Exxon gets shot with the arrow and it goes. <laughs> I reckon that was Dick Mills making that noise. Well, he did a jolly good job, is what I said. I'm, I'm only joking. I've no idea whether it was Dick Mills. It probably was a good old extra. Stubbed his toe. <laughs> That's what it's like, isn't it? <laughs> I might have told you the story about how I stubbed my toe, then answered the phone. Back in the days before emails and mobile phone, I dashed for the phone. You know, the phone rang in my flat and I thought, oh, someone to speak to. And I dashed and whacked my toe right so hard that it bled. And as I picked up the phone, I just shrieked out a four letter expletive into the phone. Yeah. To which they replied, um, the job interview's on Wednesday. (laughs) But uh, you're not required to come. I couldn't contain myself. I just went, ah! 
into the phone. <laughs> and I know who it was, and I can't remember their name. Oh, God. Louise... Well, her name now is Louise Fernandez. So let's just say that. But she was in a big... She was in the genocide machine. Let's look up the genocide machine. <laughs> You're quicker at this than me. I've taken ages to get to the big finish. Right. Genocide. I mean, fight. Did I say fight? Genocide. Cast. Uh, Louise Faulkner. Louise Faulkner. That's it. And she went, oh... You all right? I went, no, I've just stubbed my toe. <laughs> it's bleeding. So desperate for company that, you know, couldn't couldn't get to the phone quick enough. <laughs> anyway, here's a last quickie from Miles Cook. Are you planning or considered making any longer stories, five or more episodes for the fifth, fifth, sixth, the fifth, the sixth and seventh doctors uh, that, sorry I don't know what's happened to me I'm getting a bit hot in the shed here uh, that's not a euphemism and I'm not talking about the previous attempt the game that had six shorter length episodes than normal or closely linked arcs across a trilogy of stories but five or more regular length episodes for a single story in a single release well funnily enough um, Miles Cook from Grey's um there are but not until about 2021 but yes there are plans in the pipeline where some stories might be able to get longer for reasons that will become clearer later oh and here's an audio message from big finish regular alex pass just cue that up here we go hello big finish podcast it's big al here we all know benji loves an email well how about an email with an audio file attached to it cool blimey uh, just wanted to say how much I am loving all the amazing Big Finish stuff we are getting at the moment. Uh, loads of fantastic Doctor Who, Legacy of Time, uh, more Benny and the David Warner Doctor, Lucy Bleeding Miller, um, and, and all the other stuff as well. Space 1999, how good was that? How good was that? Uh, Big Finish Originals Transference, wow powerful stuff there uh, I'm I'm loving everything uh, my wallet is bare but my ear things are fully loaded uh, keep the podcasts coming big shout out not only to Nick and Benji but to everyone backstage you know behind the big finish machine making it work uh, here's to 20 more years plus of audio awesomeness rock and roll cheers for uh audioing in alex yes, he's uh, he had three goes at sending that he sent it and i wrote back and said oh, i can't it says error <laughs> said, oh, i said it again he sent it again error send it again error oh this is oh here's the last go Bada boom came in that's computers for you always uh never quite delivering the goods well that is it uh, of for this week's emails of course and they'll be along in the next podcast launched on oh, the yes. 29th of September which oh. is the birthday of someone or yeah, someone other I, I can't think who though who is it but, but Benji Benji oh it's the birthday of the shed you put up in the garden yes I remember harumph <laughs> you doing anything nice for your birthday Nick I'm going to the Big Finish party, mate. Oh, yes, the Big Finish <laughs> The party. one you're not coming to. Yeah, that's... Uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a really... Can't it's you bring really... your dog with you? 
I could do. That's that's the funniest thing. It wouldn't be the first offer I've had to bring my dog to London <laughs> in the last week or so. I'm still I'm still seeing if there's anything I can do, but at the moment it's looking bleak. But um, we'll see. I we'll just, see. I don't think I'll go if you're not going. <laughs> yeah, party at my house. Uh, <laughs> come, have, we'll have our own party. I'll, I'll put I'll put on some uh, a spread of uh, crisps, um, chocolate fingers, and uh, salmon mousse. <laughs> that was surprisingly classy that last edition. Yeah, well you gotta you know, you gotta you gotta step up your game, haven't you really? I don't think I'd eat salmon mousse. I can't think I've ever eaten salmon mousse, nor I want no. to. It just makes me think of um Monty Python. The salmon mousse. I did have um a radish soda once. Ooh, that sounds nice. Was it, was it very it was in Port Marion at the expensive hotel there. And was it worth was it worth having? Well, I like radishes, and I like soda, so, so it, it was worked. The perfect the perfect combination. But I mean, it was tiny. It was like a thimble, like a pinprick. They're right up themselves there. They really are. <laughs> well, anybody like... that have a radish soda, is a... <laughs> it was an amuse bouche. Anyway, time now to go behind the scenes with this month's <laughs> Doctor Who Companion Chronicles box set featuring the first Doctor. It's volume three, by the way, and producer Ian Atkins gets all intellectual, <laughs> yes, and asks about the nature of heroes and heroism. With regard to the first story in the box set, E is for... Dot, 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 by Julian Richards, starring Caroline Ford as Susan. I'm looking for my friends, my grandfather. How are you? I haven't seen anyone for six months. They usually fill the room with sleeping gas before they bring me food. They're late today, so be careful. I think they're a little distracted right now. There are a lot of guards. Are you sure of that? As sure as I can be. I can hear their thoughts. Hello, I'm Ian Atkins. I'm the producer of Doctor Who Companion Chronicles Big Finish, and it's the 2nd of August 2017, and we are recording the first of The First Doctor, Volume 3. I'm Mark Edelhunt, and I'm playing Virgil Winters. What does the, the word hero mean to you? It's an elevated position, isn't it? Um, and it's someone who, who um, inspires and uh, and is a kind of role model and can and save the day. I wanted to look at heroes and heroism, uh, largely because the Doctor is always described by, I think, everyone who watches the show as a hero. But it's always an interesting question of what defines who a hero is for people. I think a lot of people have different definitions and indeed it's portrayed in different ways. So you have to trust the writers and you have to kind of open open up to their ideas as well as, as you saying, well, what about this? Have you thought about that? You have to listen and I think it's really important. So with this story, I was having to trust Julian a lot, but... Um, just rereading it, 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 we'd been waiting for quite a while to get into the studio with this, and, and, and as ever, you get on with other things. And it, it was it was interesting coming back to it, reading it probably six months after it was completed, and just reawakening yourself to the possibilities in it and, and the strengths of it. Why are you here? Why are you here? I asked first. And I'm the one who's supposed to be here. I've had six months alone in this room. I started talking to myself after the third day. I'm tired of the sound of my own voice. I'm looking for my friends. So you said. I'm Caroline Ford, and I play Susan. All of this whole set's about heroes and different things about heroism. Um, Have you ever had a hero, and what makes a hero? (laughs) 
<laughs> the only thing I can think of at the moment, my husband had a rather nasty accident. He was forced to walk in with two sticks. And we were going to a concert at the Roundhouse. And uh, I was driving, and I normally didn't drive to things like this. You know, we went out and he always took the keys and the money for the car parking, etc., etc. But this time, um, I was driving and I was trying to park the car as close to the theatre as I possibly could. And as he was walking with his sticks very slowly, I said, look, while I finish off parking and deal with the money and everything, you go off to the theatre. So he said, OK, fine. So he started walking off. And I was starting to park the car and a traffic warden came up and I thought, oh, oh, this is I'm doing something wrong here. In actual fact, he was being as kind as he possibly could, seeing if he could help. And when I couldn't quite get into the parking space, he said, look, follow me. He said, come behind me and I'll find a marvellous parking space for you. It'll be easy. I said, oh, thank you very much. So we were driving around and he did find me a parking space. And then when I got there, I found I didn't actually have any money on me, <laughs> and bless him. And I'd never, I could, I could actually park by telephone, but I'd never done it before, and I was finding it difficult. And he came up to me and said, "Let me do it for you." So he did that for me. I thought that was just fantastic. I mean, parking wardens. <laughs> so he's my hero. Yes. Gifted protocol two active. Objective: contain weapon E. And let's run. <laughs> What's your take on the camera? Yeah, God, I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? Like, I think this, um, I mean, when I first read it, there's something about working in this medium that's really lovely because you get to play things that you wouldn't, you know, when people can see you. So I'm a 17-year-old. I mean, those those years have long gone. So that's kind of interesting in itself, kind of putting yourself into that headspace. But I thought what really struck me was the, um, it felt very resonant to now this idea of a, of a young man who is somehow different and then kind of gets dare I say it radicalized in some way and I thought that's really that really um yeah really jumped out for me and not in a heavy-handed way but it, I just felt that kind of vibrate through the whole thing and I thought god yeah that's that feels pertinent and important somehow Hello, my name is Lisa Bowerman I directed Ears 4 and I also played Rage and Weapon A I mean, Rage herself, when, when you look at a part that is evidently a baddie, there has to be a certain amount of energy to the character. I am very aware that, that regular listeners will be rolling their eyes and going, oh, it's Bernie Summerfield with a different voice. So I think I consciously went for a northern accent. And, and sorry to anybody northern out there, but you know it, it does have a harder edge to it, um, regardless of how accurate it is. And I think it needed that, certainly for rage, it needed that harder edge. Keep your guns trained on the female until the gas is ready. I assume you're our telepath. Not the one I was expecting. I'm sorry to disappoint you. I'm sorry to disappoint you, Mum. <sighs> I'm Julian Richards, and I am the writer of Ears 4, dot, dot, dot. Okay, so the the background we're starting writing on this, I threw a, a handful of pitches um, in, one of which was a, a much more obvious um, superhero, not quite parody, but homage, as it were, um, which got taken up and they said, can you do this? And so I put together a, a full synopsis for that, and then the answer came back, this is very nice, this is exactly not what we're looking for, I like this moment from it, can you build the entire thing out from that? And so I went back and I looked at it again and said, right, okay, we can strip 
everything back and just keep it with the the close character stuff obviously the companion chronicles lends itself very well to close character work and it it just so happened that the initial synopsis had one obvious character to keep around and keep with susan to do this with and so that's kind of how that developed what is that that would be weapon c c and if you want to order Doctor Who, The Companion Chronicles, The First Doctor, Volume 3, just go to bigfinish.com and type right. The First Doctor, Volume 3. Um, no, it's Volume 03. I was about to say that, 03, um, yeah. into the search engine at the top, you see, and uh, click the old go button and whoosh, there it will be. Oh, yeah, sorry to be so pedantic. Would it work without, <laughs> is, the, is the question. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Uh, you have to put the zero in. It's very most annoying. Most absorbing. Most absorbing. Most absorbing. <laughs> uh, time now. That was a bit of a crossover from Doctor Who, the TV series and the movie. Uh, time now for the Random Moist Electrotron to offer up a 25% discount on a randomly selected Big Finish release. Loading now. Come on, Rand. Loading, loading, loading. It's 194 Doctor Who, the Rani Elite. Oh, the Rani Elite. Yes, this is uh, features. Um, Siobhan Redmond <laughs> as the Rani. Yeah, it certainly does. Recasting. Um, alongside uh, Colin Baker and Nicola Bryant, as of course the Doctor and Perry, Sixth Doctor to be precise. Let's listen to the trailer. So many lines. So many people. The Rani elite. Incredible. This booth is actually smaller on the inside. The doors won't open. If you hang on just a moment. Doctor, what are you... Now, now, genius at work. Ah, That shouldn't have happened. I have to say, you've been rather a disappointment. That very soon, this will all be over for you. Thank you for the gun, Doctor. Perry? But that's just it. You're not Perry, are you? You see, you do know me after all. I knew you would. Spit it out, girl. I can see it's on the tip of your tongue. The Ronnie! Subscribers get more at bigfinish.com. I'm pretty certain I didn't direct it. Yeah, it was Ken Bentley. It's a rocker, that one, though. It's a jolly good one. I remember listening to it because, of course, if a new Rani story is out, you kind of got to go in there and listen to it, really, haven't you? And if you want to get this amazing 25% discount on the Rani Elite, then just get... I'm so so excited, I'm speechless or (laughs) incapable of reading. Uh, You choose, listeners. Uh, Go to bigfinish.com. Find this podcast in the podcast section, or it's on the homepage as well, underneath the main releases, if you haven't already found it. And in the text... Uh, describing it, you'll see a link to click. Click it and enter the code word BUCK UP! All capitals, no spaces, no punctuation, just lovely, lovely, big, juicy capital letters and no mistaken. Very good, very, very good. And now, dear friends, it is time for us to depart, it seems. Join us next week when we'll be plugging um, the Paternoster Gang Heritage yeah. 2, having a uh, look at more of your emails, of course, going yes. behind the scenes with the mm. Eighth Doctor in Ravenous Form, and yes. giving you a 15-minute drama tease of that Companion Chronicles First Doctor, Volume 3, that we mentioned earlier. Can you resist? I trust not. Bye for now. Goodbye!
And since we've gone away now, perhaps you'd like to enjoy the first 15 minutes of Tortured One Latter Days in a story entitled Retirement Plan by and starring Gareth David Lloyd with Tracy Ann Oberman. I'm just a little worried about not seeing anything to Yvonne. Oh, Petzl, that must be awful for you. Especially after a big speech last Thursday about transparency. Was it good? I don't want to get involved with anything that would betray her trust. Oh, bless it. Hold up. Need to catch me breath. Where exactly are we? One minute we're in Canary Wharf basement and now we're in... Disused subway tunnel. Tommy's top tip number 36. If the shit ever hits a fan and Torchwood gets attacked, this is a good escape route. That's the third time you've done that today. What's that? Offered a Tommy's top tip. I'm leaving you all a book of pointers. A simple guide so you don't all get yourselves killed when I've gone. Where are you going? You'll see. Come to that. Where are we going? I don't like all this secrecy. Sneaking around in the basement. It's just not me. That's why I asked you. You're straight-edged, reliable, consistent, and you always finish the job. Who better to look after me when I retire than good old Ewan? Yanto. That's him. Thanks, Tommy. I guess I do always finish my work. Wait, did you say retire? I did. Does Yvonne know? No, all in good time. Come on, let's get going again. Uh, Are you even allowed to retire? Oh, Tommy's top tip number 106. Stop talking, or I'll give you a clout. You just made that up. Ow! Here we are. Home sweet home. Really? Is there a light? I thought you lived in Greenwich. Not for much longer. Tommy, are you okay? Lad, it's time for me to move on. Retirement is calling, and I will soon be shedding this mortal coil. Are you...? Spit it out. What, dying? Hmm. Not that I know of. Oh, good. But I'm killing myself next month. What? I thought I'd do it before old age gets the better of me. Body's knackered. But, Tommy, but that's just mental. Calm down, pet. Only in the physical sense. My mind's not going anywhere. Sure it's not gone already? I'll be uploading my consciousness to here. Where? Right here. To L C S. Wow. <laughs> you have been busy. Huh? Isn't that the processor that went missing last month? And the neuro interface from interviews and interrogations. How did you acquire all this stuff? I run acquisitions, you great tit. But shut up and prepare to have your nudges blown off. My... This is LCLO. The computer. Tommy's top tip number five. Everything is more than it seems. This is the future, son. Mine, anyway. When I pass away next month, I'll already be uploaded into the system. You're retiring to a computer. Look at the monitor. This is El Cielo, a tranquil estate on the Mediterranean coast. A haven where I can eat tapas, tend vines, shoe horses and turn wood. All the simple pleasures in life that working for this shit show has denied me. You've created a virtual world. Eh, using bits and bobs that Torchwood don't need or use anymore. Isn't that the missing life support unit? 
and a very special piece of alien technology that I've adapted from the pleasure planet of Asinasthopia. It reads the subject's mind and creates a world tailored just for them. I remember this. It was going to be developed for the rec room. But it was scrapped and locked up because someone said it was too unpredictable and we didn't know enough about it. That were me. I know! Without this bit of tech, there's no way I could create a whole world. Oh, God. Yvonne is going to... To bugger all, because she isn't going to know a thing about it. As far as she's concerned, I pass away peacefully in my sleep. You got that. Oh, God. You should have shown me this. I can't get into trouble. My record's spotless. Retcon. I should take retcon. You got retcon? Stop being a wuss. I'm just asking you to do a bit of maintenance, that's all. Pop your head in every couple of months. Check that the software hasn't crashed and I'm not stuck in cyber hell with some sadistic maniac or Jamie Oliver. Okay. I'll do it. Is that it? God, you're a weak, pathetic man. On one condition. That's more like it. Depends. I want to see it. There it is. I want to go there. Absolutely not. It's not finished. I don't care. If you won't let me see what I'm maintaining, then the answer is no. <sighs> okay. Shut up and sit there, and I'll hook you in. Perfect temperature of 32 degrees each and every day. Bloody marvellous. This way. Tommy, you look... Sexy. Healthy. Sexy, I know. Fit as a fiddle. Look at this. Left hook, right hook. How long did all this take? The detail. Trees, the birds, everything's so real. I'd like to take credit, but most of this was the synesthopian gizmo. It knows what we like and just creates it. Come on, come on, let's have a scrap. Bam! Ow! I felt that! Of course you did. Has to feel real. Kapow! Ow! Stop it! But it's not real, huh? You're quite safe. Come on, this way. On synesthopia, stakes were preset by the player. Anything from zero, totally safe dream world, where you can sunbathe, relax, shag about, to ten, a high-stakes adrenaline rush for extreme escapists where pain is real and death means death. And we are at... Zero, of course. My whole bloody career has been at ten. Oh, being able to wake up in the morning and not worry about making it through the day. Christ, that's a luxury I've never had. Though, as admin, I can tweak things as I go. If I want it cooler, I can just change the weather. If I want dinner in a fancy pants restaurant in Paris, I can be there in a jiffy. Senor Tommy! John! Mi amigo! Local fruit seller. Isn't that Jerky John from HR? No, no, just used him as a sort of blueprint. Jerky John thinks he's a cut above everyone else. Here, he's a cut below. Right. 
I take it this Apata moustache was... Deliberate, yes. Lad, you've got to try these oranges. <laughs> we miss you, boss. It's not the same when you're away. Not long, John, and you won't be able to get rid of me. Well, why would we want that? Uh... <laughs> 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 and you bring Frank? Just visiting. Uh, I'm just giving him a quick tour. Hey, how about a couple of those juicy oranges? Of course. <laughs> Only the best for Senor Tommy. Catch! <laughs> oh, thanks, John. And for your friend, too. It, it's okay, actually. I, uh... Catch! Ow! Thank you. Mmm. Delicious. Mmm. And your friend? Mmm? Mmm. But, come on. Can't linger. So long, John. Please. <laughs> Finish, Orange. It, oh, okay. Uh, sure. Mmm. <clears throat> Sweet. Mm, yeah. Juicy. Juicy. Mm. Yeah. Mmm. 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 Delicious. Yum. <sighs> well, thanks, John. We'll see you later. See, boss. Adios. Uh, thanks. Bye. Adios. Well, uh, he was... Told you, work in progress. I'll tweak it when I'm fully integrated. You mean when you were dead? No, lad. I'll be very much alive. <gasps> this is... El Cielo! My new home. The sea, the sky, the vines. The way the sun reflects off the buildings. It's like a postcard. Come on, I'll show you my grapes. What was the orange like, eh? A little sharp, if I'm honest. Oh, jealous. Can't say I blame you. Here, try a grape. I'm good. Please yourself. Mmm. Mmm. Hang a banger. What? Some of these leaves are turning. It's not time yet. Oh, well, like I said, bits to sort out. Uh, Tommy, I think someone's stealing your grapes. You what? There, on the ladder. Oh, don't be daft. That's one of the yard workers. He's tying some vines up for us. Hey, Senor Tommy, we have missed you. Isn't that... Hiya, John. Uh, yeah, I was limited with the digital placeholders. The Synesthopia database was knackered. Torchwood has a lot of DNA on file in the mainframe. Old detainees, wanted felons, <coughs> stuff. So, first pass, I'm just using Jerky John for the peripheral characters. I'll sort them out later. Freeing me up to focus on the main ones. Who are... Shh, is that... Thunder? Hmm... Wind's picking up too. So, let's see the house. It's no, awful in it, uh, I'm afraid, son. It's a. Uh, <clears throat> well, it, it, it's a mess. Come on, let's get a drink. Drink? You sure that's Come right? Come on, race you to the pergola. You're the best, Tommy. Oh, give it a rest, John. Okay, let's run. Come on, you big girl's blouse. Not exactly wearing the right attire for running in 32 degree weather. Take your jacket off, you dozy git. Come on, sit down and have a drop of rouge. But you can't. You're a... Well, you're a... An alky. Well... Not here, I'm not. Well, I am. But the beauty is I can drink as much as I like and never get more than happy drunk. 
In fact, it's a state I intend to remain in for the foreseeable future. Smashing. Ah, here comes the vino. Hmm, who is that? The maid. She's beautiful. Yeah, she's better from a distance. She is... Wait. She's... Senor Tommy, I miss you. She's John. Limited with the um, digital placements. Yeah. Hello, Petzal. Oh, Senor Tommy, I count the minutes until you retire and are with us forever. Yeah, all right, settle down. Um, may I? And who is Intruder? Intruder? No, he's a friend. Paying a quick visit. Well, don't be rude. Pour the man a glass. Of course, Senor Tommy. Apologies. Thanks, Senorita. John. Now, off you go, you little strumpet. See you later. <laughs> Senor Tommy. <laughs> Did you just smack her on the... Of course, we're in the 80s. Goodbye, senors amigo. I hope I never see you again. You know, I'm getting the vague impression that the Johns don't like me. Oh, rubbish. They weren't expecting you. This world revolves around me, remember? Oh, bugger. Sleep, El Cielo. What is it? Sleep, El Cielo. Tommy, you return to us at last, my heart. Pissing hell. Sleep, El Cielo. Tommy. The passphrase to exit the programme. It's not working. My love, where are you? <laughs> Quick, this way. Through the vines. We have to hide. Hide? Why? Hide from who? The wife. <laughs> What is going on? Oh, Tommy! Quiet! Why are we hiding from your wife? I told you, she's unfinished. This way, keep low and crawl. Like they do in all them Nam films. Oh, my angel, why you hide? You said the house was unfinished. In fact, you didn't even mention a wife. I was getting to it. Is she dangerous? Of course not. She's my wife. My sweetness. Down! Then why are we hiding? Is she ugly? That's my wife you're talking about. Then why can't I meet her? She's not ready. I don't mind. I'm not your dad. I'm not going to stop you from seeing her just because she's got a unibrow and smells of fags. Oh, my God. It's Yvonne. How the bloody hell did you... She's behind you. Darling. Ah, oh, <laughs> oh, there you are, my love. Uh, I was just showing uh, you in here uh, the vineyard. Oh, my sweet Domi. Who are you mean? It's fell a lot time since you were last pressed against my grateful, twitching bosom. No. I think a bit of sickness came to my mouth. Uh, now, Treacle... Let's not make our guest feel awkward. Bit late for that. Oh, but my love, you did not tell me you're bringing gays. It was all a bit last minute. You've been listening to a Big Finish production. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe.